Do you want to be happy? Well, you probably do. I imagine you do. I'm not sure if I know anybody that doesn't want to be happy, or if you want to substitute the word joy there, that's fine. Do you want to have joy? Do you want to be contented? Whatever word that suits you best, I imagine that all of us do, whatever our preferred word is. Then, With that in mind, I want to share with you a formula in this podcast, and I'm going to give it to you right now. And as you listen to this formula, I I want you to think through uh, how we become happy and how we experience joy and how we experience contentment. I would be interested in your feedback on this formula. Let me say it, and then I'll spend the next 30 minutes explaining it to you. And then if you want to talk about it, you're welcome to do that. We have a free community forum for anybody in the world. You can come to our website and get your username and your password that becomes uniquely you. And you log in and you can ask any question that you like about what I'm talking about here or about anything else. It would be our joy. It would be our privilege to uh, serve you that way. And so just let me know. And and you can do that by jumping on our forums and talking to us. But here's the formula to happiness. Here's the formula to contentment. Show me a happy person. Are they generous? Probably. Show me a discontented person. Are they selfish? Probably. There is a circular Bible logic that goes like this. Now, this is the key idea that I want you to think about in this podcast. God loves happy givers. And if God loves a giver, the giver is happy. You see, it doesn't matter where you jump into that circular sentence. God loves happy givers. And if God loves on a giver, the giver is happy. You see, all of the words connect. There are four big words in that formula that I just gave you. God, love, happy, giver. And there is a reason for this. When we give generously, we are living out who we are in Christ, and we are emulating the Lord. And when you are emulating the Lord, you have reason, you have biblical reason to expect God's favor in some way, shape, or form on your life. Now, I am not talking about the prosperity gospel nonsense. That's twisted motivation. We give, we do to receive. No, I'm not talking about that at all. That is awful motivation. We give out of a heart of gratitude because we want to emulate the Lord, but there is a law here. And the law is God loves generous, happy givers, and he blesses them. There's too much scripture that speaks to this notion to say that it's not true. And so I'm debunking the prosperity gospel, but I'm not debunking this idea. God is a generous giver as the gospel implies. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There is an explicit implication 
revelation from the gospel that God is very generous. And of course, it only makes sense that Christians want to be generous too. Thank you so much for joining me for the podcast. My name is Rick Thomas. You're listening to Your Daily Drive. The title of this podcast is, Do You Want to Be Happy? And if you don't like the word happy, that's fine. Some some Christians can be really picky, and they can be word policey. Well, we're not supposed to be happy. Well, the truth is we are supposed to be happy, and that's exactly what Moses told the Israelites in Deuteronomy But that being said, do you want joy and contentment or whatever your word is that connotes the idea that I'm trying to convey? Well, if you want to read this article, you're welcome to do that. There's over 2,000 words here, and I would love for you to jump on our website, look for this title. Do you want to be happy? You can read it. You can share it. You can print it off. You can teach it in a Sunday school class if you want to. It's written that way. It just flows in a process of a lesson here, and it's structured that way, and you can definitely use it. I have a lot of Scripture here in this uh, article, and I also have a lot of questions for you, and so it would be great for interaction with another human being. You can also use it in your small group, and that would be great. Of course, if you want to talk to me about it, you're welcome to do that. We have a free community forum for anybody on the in the world. And so if you do fill out your username and your password, uh, you can ask your question. Do you want to be happy? Well, God is generous. The gospel does imply that God is generous, and it makes sense that Christians— I mean, if you are in the body of Christ, if God is in you— Well, I mean, it's one of the distinctives of Christianity. In fact, if a person is not generous, well, then you you might want to question as to whether they have been organically transformed by the power of the gospel. But let me make a quick caveat here, because I suspect that many people who have listened thus far, their minds automatically went to money, and money is such a small piece of this podcast. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not the overarching theme of what I'm talking about. That's not the main point. That is a sub-sub-point of what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about generosity, here's the overarching theme. I'm talking about giving your life away. Now, everybody has different gifts. Some people do have money to give away, and some don't, but that's not the point. The point is giving your life away. You have gifts. You have talents. It could be wisdom. It could be your personality. It could be joy, the knowledge that you have. You have something. Are you giving your life away? That is the gospel. Jesus gave his life away, and happiness comes when we model the self-sacrifice of the Savior by giving our lives away. And so let's don't go down the money track. That doesn't have to be what this podcast is about. In 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, it says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, now we know he didn't have money, but he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. And so the question is, Are you generous? Now, maybe there's a question before the question. Here's a 
a, a pre-question. How do you proactively think about and plan to give your life away? You see, the gospel is many things, like the gospel's intentional. God is an intentional God. In eternity past, he predestined us, as we learn in Ephesians 1. God is always proactively thinking. Being generous is not just a spur-of-the-moment thing. You can be generous at the spur of the moment. If your heart has been saturated by the gospel, then you can be spontaneously generous at the moment, in the moment. But generosity really is a proactive, intentional thing. Before you are generous, you spend time thinking about how you can give your life away. Let me give you a short list of things that generous people give away. Money, let me say that and get it out of the way, because there's other things on the list too as far as giving your life away. Generous people give their love away. They give their encouragement away. Generous people give their Christian example away. Generous people give their joy away. They give kind words away. Generous people give their time away. And generous people give their homes away. I'm talking about hospitality there. Now, you can add to this list. It's not exhaustive. There's many things that you can add to this. In fact, what I would like for you to do is to make it, to practicalize it and to personalize it. What can you give away as you think about what you have, how God has gifted or blessed you? He didn't bless you to become the Dead Sea. He blessed you in whatever unique way that he has blessed you so that you can give to others. The point is this. To put it in a verse or two verses, the point is 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 and 7. It says this, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. There's a principle here. There's a law here. Each one must give as he has made up his mind. And there's premeditation. There's intentionality. Not reluctant reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And that's the principle that I had at the top of the podcast. God blesses cheerful givers. God loves happy givers, I said. And if God loves on a giver, the giver is happy, and that is the circular logic. Let me give you an illustration of this. In our organization, we use the term flow-through to describe the process of being a a middleman or a distributor of what others give to us. Now, here's the example. Some of you know this, that each Friday night of our lives, since about 2010, virtually every Friday night of our lives, we go to our local uh, Panera Bread store. It's a sandwich shop that makes bagels and soups and salads and things like that. And what we do is we receive all of their leftover bread from each Friday night, 52 weeks out of the year. And at the end of the year, we receive more than $30,000 in retail value of bread products. And what we do, we go to Panera at closing time, which can be 9 to 10 o'clock at night, depending on the season. They change our hours from time to time. But we go at closing time and we get all of their leftover bread, cakes, pastries, all of that stuff. And we bring it home and we separate it out uh, in our kitchen. And then we begin to, the next day, 
and a couple days after that, we begin to distribute it to various people and to various organizations in our community. The reason that we do this, well, there's several reasons that we do this. One of the reasons that we do this is because we can. You see, Panera either throws the bread in the dumpster or they give it to a nonprofit organization like us. And if they give it to a nonprofit organization like us, they get a write-off. They use our tax write-off, our nonprofit status. They use our, non- our, our 501c3 status, and they get a tax credit. And because we are a nonprofit, we get basically free bread. We don't get any money for it. $30,000 retail bread annually. We don't get any, any money for it. But they get to give it to us. They get tax write-off. We get bread. It's a great thing. We do it because we can. We also do it so that we can model the generosity of our Savior. Jesus is a generous person, as you know. And by the way, there's a precedent for giving bread away. Jesus did that too. But we also do it to put the gospel on display in as many people in many places as possible. And I have a long list of stories that I could share with you of people who have been blessed by receiving this bread. It helps a lot of people. And so we do it to put the gospel on display. We also do it to emulate for our children the giving of time. It takes time to do this. It takes effort to do this. And of course, it takes a lot of bread to do this. And so we get to emulate for our children the giving of time and effort and bread. And then another reason that we do it is so that we can feed those who need God's kindness through the provision of food. Now, this example that I just shared with you is what the idea, in in business terms, is what the idea flow-through means, the word flow-through. Someone gives to us, and we in turn give to others. We are merely the coupler or the connector that joins the giver, Panera Bread, with the receiver, those in need. We are the middle middlemen who do that. Now, what we do is we trust that Panera Bread will give us bread each Friday evening. Panera Bread believes that we will do what we said we would do. We'd use our nonprofit status, we'd receive the bread, and we will give it away, which we do. Now, this concept is analogous to the Christian life. You trust God that he will provide for you. And you know that he will in Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Of course, the things that he's talking about is in verse 32 and and before, where God will give us what we need to eat and where and where we will live, all that. So we trust God that he will give to us. Now, God believes that you're not going to hoard it. Panera Bread believes we're not going to hoard it for our own selfish purposes. Panera Bread believes that we're going to take what they give us and we're going to give it to others. And God believes that you'll take what he gives you and you will give it to others. The text of Scripture, Luke 6.38, I love this verse of Scripture. It's so rhythmic as it flows off your tongue. It says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Love that verse. 
Now, this worldview that I'm sharing with you, it's not a romantic Hollywood pay-it-forward notion. This idea is about incarnating the Savior before a dying world who need examples of the practical gospel in action. It's about receiving from the Lord to give so that His name can be made famous. You are flow-through. And that's what generous giving is about. The Father is asking you to trust Him by giving your life away. If you believe Him this way, then He will bless you, and that is a promise. If you obey Him, He will bless you. Not so you can have more for yourself. Hey, look at all the bread that we have. No, that's not why they give it to us. But so you will have more to give away. Will you trust him by sharing what he has given to you? Whatever that unique thing or things that God has blessed you with. God pours out his love on generous people. And that is the flow-through principle that I'm talking about here. It's how the Lord spreads his goodness to the world. It's how the gospel goes forth. These promises, these things that I'm talking about here, it is not about the prosperity gospel, that twisted nonsense. What we're talking about here is about God blessing us so we can bless others. You give a lot. He provides a lot. It's not about personal gain. You are the coupler. You're the flow through. He gives so you can share. And so that begs the question, what are you giving away? Your time, your money, your wisdom, your care, your joy. What are you exporting to others? What are you exporting to your spouse if you are married If you have children, what are you exporting to your children? By the way, you are exporting something. There's not an option here as far as am I going to export. Of course you're going to export something to others, to your spouse if you're married, to your children if you have them, to your church, to your neighborhood, to your world. The question is, what are you exporting? What are you giving away? God gives to generous givers so they will have more to export to others. You see, Christians are in the import-export business. We receive it so we can give it to others. This worldview has always been the case in God's mind. I have several scriptures here. I'll not read them, but they're here in this article here, the title of the article here, Do You Want to be happy. Do you want to be happy? Deuteronomy 16, 17, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, Proverbs eleven twenty four, Proverbs 22, 9, Proverbs 28, 27, Malachi 3, 10, Luke 6, 38, which I have shared with you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. God loves to be generous, to cheerful and generous Givers. He blesses generosity by personally enriching you so you can meet the needs of others so they will glorify Him. You can test yourself on this matter. Here are five synonymous questions Do you give generously? Do you give willingly? Do you give cheerfully? Do you give carefully? Do you give in a premeditative way? Are you anxious about giving? I wouldn't want you to be anxious about giving. Giving is the gospel. 
Did you know that God cares more about you than about the birds? You're probably going to say yes to that because you are familiar with Matthew 6.26. Look at the birds of the air, Jesus said. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? You know that God cares more about you than birds. You're more valuable in his mind than them. But let me ask you, do you really, really know this? One of the ways that you can test yourself about this is, do you become anxious about giving? Is there a low-level fear factor going on in your heart when it comes to giving? If so, you may be aware that God cares more about you than the birds, but you don't believe it at the functional level of your thinking if you are anxious about giving. It is one thing to know something, but another thing to practice it. Bible knowledge only has real value when it becomes a practice in our lives. The devils have Bible knowledge, but it's, it's really not valuable to them. Will you trust God in the matter of giving yourself, giving your things away for the glory of his name? Don't be anxious about your life. God cares more for you than the birds that fly over your head. Live like sons and daughters of your heavenly Father. Trust him. God faithfully gives to those who faithfully give. Your generous giving will reach people. It is through your giving that God is glorified. Let me ask you this. What is your first thought when it comes to giving? Here are two options. One, what will it cost me? That's one possible first thought when you think about giving. What will it cost me? A second thought. By the way, this one's better. How will this help others? Much better thought. If you're thinking like a gospel individual, your eye is on what your giving will do, not on what it will cost primarily. As far as God is concerned, giving is not about the money offered, but it is about helping people in need. Giving is the most explicit way that we can model the gospel in our lives. And when we do this, we are putting God on display in an irrepressible way. Here's another idea that I want you to think about. Some people will say that, you know, we, we love with no expectation in return. That is not biblical. If you love, you should have an expectation in return I mean, the Bible teaches this clearly in, a Philippi in, in Philippians. We learn about a man who gave his all for the good of others, and in the end, he benefited tremendously. He was highly exalted because of his generous giving. The text is Philippians 2, 9 and 11. This is at the end of a passage. It talks about the benefit of giving after he gave his life away, it says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
quite simply, this is how it works. I've already shared with you Luke 6.38, for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And then you say, well, I don't give to get. Well, praise God for that as far as impure motivations are concerned. We don't give to get. That's fine. But that does not stop God from blessing you for your generosity toward others. You might not jump up in the air so that you can come back down to the ground. Hey, I'm jumping up in the air because I just want to jump up in the air. I don't jump up in the air so that I can return back to the ground. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter. If you jump into the air, you will return to earth. It's a law. And if you give, you will receive. It's a promise from God. I'm glad that you're trying to be humble about your generosity and that your motivations are pure. But the fact remains that God loves a generous giver. And if you are liberal in your giving, expect the love of God to shower you. This response from the Lord's how it works. One of the sadder commentaries about selfish people is that they spend their entire lives trying to satisfy themselves and never come to understand this biblical truth. If you give, you will get. I tell selfish husbands this regularly. I try to explain to them that if they would give kindness, give words, communication, give love, give affection, give repentance, confession, forgiveness, or give the other cheek to their wives, that they will get what they want. And by the way, the same applies for wives. What do you want? The husband says, I want a a loving wife who respects me. Well, honestly, it's easy as pie. You give and it will return to you. It's not that complicated. Trust God. Give your life away and watch God bless you in ways that you could never imagine. If your motive is to give your life away, you will be a happy person. If your motivation is to get, you will never be satisfied. The gospel is not unidirectional as though as all you do is give. The generous giver is lavished upon by the Lord. The giver becomes a receiver by default. But you must remember the order. You give first, and then you receive. Christ gave, and then he received. Two people were blessed. Christ was blessed, and others were blessed. The givers, the giver, and the receivers were blessed, but the divine order was to provide something before you benefit. I like the way Paul said it in Philippians. Other than Christ, he, he was the most outrageous and generous giver. He was one of the most outrageous and generous givers in the Bible. He said it this way in Philippians 4, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned, I've been educated, I've been trained. In whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any and every circumstance I have learned. I've been trained. I've been educated. The secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul gave his life away, and and through that, because of that, he, he could do all things, regardless of the circumstance that he was in. The secret to happiness is to give your life away. The secret to misery is to hoard what was given to you while seeking more ways to gain more for self-serving and self-promoting purposes. 
you will be more blessed if you choose to give as the first call to action rather than wanting to receive. The reason for this is because God loves a generous giver. Here's my question as I wrap up this podcast. In what ways do you need to be more generous in your giving? Do you need to give more money away? Do you need to give more time away? Let's make it more complicated. Do you, do you need to give more repentance away? Do you need to give more forgiveness away? Do you need to give more wisdom away? I would appeal to you. You all have something. You've been blessed by God. You know something about the Bible. Will you give your wisdom away? What is it that you are holding on to because you are afraid, inhibited from letting it go? Whatever that is, I appeal to you to become a cheerful giver. Lay it down for the glory of God and the benefit of others. Do you want to be happy? That's the title of this podcast. Do you want to be happy? There is only one way. You must give up your life in the specific way in which God is speaking to you right now. In Mark 10, 45, it says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Why are you living? What is your purpose in life? Do you want to be happy? The gospelized individual is here to serve others. Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman who chooses to give his or her life away generously. You can read this podcast, Do You Want to Be Happy? It's at our website. If you want to talk about any part of it or anything else, you can come to us and talk freely. Get your username, password. Make sure you are logged in and ask your question. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.